0: Listening to Queen City Chatter with Houdini and Chuck. They bring you the stories you covet and the knowledge you need. Here they are from Studio 6. What do you say? How are we? Cincinnati and everywhere else, it's great to be with you today on this beautiful day outside. Depending on when you're listening, it may be pretty terrible. But how about a little history lesson to start your day? On this date in 1860, the Pony Express made its debut. How about that?
1: Wow, I haven't rode a pony in years.
0: 160 years ago, we were riding on horses as the fastest means to deliver the good word. If we wanted to communicate with our buddies from Salt Lake, it would have taken weeks. How about our friends in Denver or Chicago or Lexington? Now I can just tell you through a microphone and the podcast app what the good word is, and that good word is Awakenings Coffee. Oh my goodness, a little java and a little wine. It's a fantastic combination.
1: It really is. I'm actually enjoying a cup right now, even though it's uh, you know, damn near 9 o'clock. You know, the producer's gotten me and Chuck's ear. They're, they're hitting a deadline. They need an episode out by tomorrow morning. So what do you say? A little cup of jacked up? Conveniently
0: located to two great locations throughout Cincinnati. One, Old Montgomery Road, right next to Montgomery, and another in Hyde Park Square, right across the street from the fire station. Hudson actually goes and gets himself a cup of coffee and then goes and plays in the trucks.
1: I do that every day, yes.
0: Also on this date in history, I'm a grade A jackass. Facebook time hop has to be one of the main reasons that I hate Facebook. I feel like certain things in life should just disappear after five years and should no longer be brought up. You you really dislike that uh, that social media, huh? I'm not a fan. I think it has to be the worst out there. It's worse than Pinterest. Pinterest. <laughs> but, but seriously, I think my biggest fear in life is, it is going to my dream job. Let's say someday I'm at like Fox Sports One, and they're, they they want me to be their baseball tonight host or whatever show they're hosting the year 2030 or whenever. I'd have a chance to potentially be up there, and they're going through my Facebook,
1: <laughs>
0: and they pull up something from the year
1: 2008. Hey Charlie, what is this about with this beer bong shoved up your ass on uh on your on your photos here? Oh my, I'm uh, sorry, sorry sir. Yeah, it's it's not a great
0: look. Time hop. I guess it allows you to clean up your life a little bit. Speaking of cleaning things up, the Reds need to clean things up. Swept in their opening series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Mother Nature does not like us right now, and our heading stinks.
1: Um, yeah, can't say I really watched anything besides opening day, which I went to. Um, we lost that, and then I saw we lost the first three, and I decided the season is over.
0: See, I'm the exact opposite. I have a lot of faith in the Redlegs right now. This is a year that we're going to need to turn it around and I think it all falls on one player.
1: Kevin Quackenbush. Mm, he is, he has uh, he's a hot start so far. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, nice little 27.00 ERA. He gave up 23 runs in 26 innings last year, but I think, you know, this 30-year-old is going to turn it around this season. I, why do the Reds always sign these relievers with the most ridiculous names or I mean, you got you got the guy Todd Coffey coming out of the bullpen a few years ago sprinting by the time he gets to the mound, he's exhausted and gives up a jack. First I love
1: pitch. Todd Coffey.
0: People love swinging at the first pitch from Todd Coffey because he was so out of breath.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, Todd Coffey, he he put it all out there. I mean, a lot of people might say, you know, save it for the mound. Who cares? Todd Coffey ran out there, sprinted his ass off, got rocked, and then would sprint his ass right back.
0: It reminds me of so many guys at the red sign where you're just like, who the heck is Quackenbush, and where is he going to fit in the mix? And sometimes they actually pan out, but for the most part they typically don't. But I'll tell you what the reds the voice of the reds not not the uh radio broadcasters not the tv guys the guy that does the pa announcements i kind of sound like that guy do i not
1: yeah no you do you have a i mean you have in general voice of uh some type of pa announcer and that
0: guy is going to have a field day with now pitching for the reds kevin quackenbush
1: quack did you do the announcements in high school by chance i think i did yeah that sounds like i went over
0: the i went over the uh the old loudspeaker and said gentlemen because obviously i went to an all guys high school gentlemen how are we today for lunch we have breakfast biscuits and gravy
1: wow well, yeah. i'm glad i didn't go there
0: and then you got Billy Hamilton. There there's been so much talk about where does Billy Hamilton fit into this lineup and everyone loves him, especially the young kids because he's got so much speed and he's great in the outfield. I agree, but the Reds need someone who provides a little bit more of a of a pop in his bat and he does not have that. He's proved time and time again that he can't really hit.
1: Why don't we sign instead of him sign that uh, that guy that races everybody at the the games what the hell is his name? Mr. Freeze? I mean, maybe Billy Hamilton's got a gig after baseball lined up for him.
0: I would love to see the freeze go up against
1: Billy Hamilton every single game. I mean that that guy is a thoroughbred athlete and should be being paid millions. If not, he's he probably already is being paid millions to do that because that's electricity right there.
0: I love how at my double A ballpark we did the 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 freeze thing, a promotion, and we got someone from like our intern staff that probably ran like a five two forty to be the freeze, and he just gave some kid. <laughs> some nine-year-old kid a huge head start and got his ass whooped probably would have lost if he didn't have the head start i'm like wow he was in the outfit and everything i'm like wow great promotion smokies
1: yeah i mean if you if you could do something that was like the exact opposite like you you basically give the um the guy a head start every time and just have him lose every single time that would actually be even better if he just lost every single race i am a fan of that
0: find like the fattest person on staff the guy that can barely run give him the huge head start and then pick some college kid out of the crowd that
1: wants to run yeah, I'm trying to think of like a good name that's like opposite of Mr. Freeze. Whatever, we'll, we'll figure something out. But I, I do like that idea where he just always loses. Not even because we don't fat shame on this podcast. You know, we respect that. So maybe just a, yeah, actually, we'll just get a fat guy.
0: It's now time for the news you need, brought to you by the only people who are going to deliver it to you in the most politically correct fashion. It's brought to you by Top Shelf Toes. Hey, check out Top Shelf Toes online, topshelftoes.com, or on Instagram. They have the cheapest, most highest quality socks, fantastic patterns. I wear them just about every single day. You're a big Top Shelf Toes guy, aren't you?
1: You got to keep your toes looking top shelf. That's what I always say. And yes, I do have a couple pairs myself, and they're they're phenomenal.
0: Great deals. Get yourself a big old bundle and tell them we sent you. You may get a little discount. When we originally started this podcast, we thought—at least I thought—I don't know your thoughts. I thought it was going to be a really hard-hitting sports pod. We were going to throw out the stats and everything. And then I learned something really quick. My co-host doesn't know anything
1: about sports. Well, um, that's—I'd say that's hearsay. Really, I do know too. I think I know too much about sports to the point where I don't want to talk down on our listeners. So um, yeah, so we throw in some—you know—we're workshopping some different segments. Um, people seem to like the, the news that no one's really delivering out there besides, you know, the, the chatter.
0: They're the headlines that you see in the newspaper, but we give you the commentary and the stories behind them. And that's what makes it so fantastic. First, let's talk about the New York district judge that apologizes and admits he's a serial underwear stealer.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a tough headline for a judge to do that, and um, the details of the story are, are slightly disturbing. This dude was basically just breaking into, um, a,
0: not a one-time offense.
1: No, he was doing it consistently to some neighbor, some like twenty-three three-year-old chick, and he was going into the hamper, getting some used, soiled undies, and and just taking them. He would just take them with him. And the
0: best part about it is, I imagine this story goes something along the lines of this: We did not use our journalistic resources for this one. This is just, eh, just hearsay, pretty much. But I imagine he kind of walked into the house. He saw her go on a run, whatever it may be. He walks into the house, walks upstairs, and all of a sudden he hears the door close, and he freaks out, you know. And he already has the pair of underpants in his hand. He's running around the house. He has no idea what to do. He like he like climbs out the window and is scaling Mission Impossible with the pair of panties, you know, making like a rope and sliding down them. And she hears and calls the cops and she tells the cops what he looks like. They find this guy in the street actually knocking on another neighbor's home to see if she's home to steal her underwear as well, possibly. And what really gave it away, because he denied it until the death, was the pair of soiled panties in his pocket.
1: Yes, yes. I think they actually put that in the police report. Um, but you'd think once you you know, you know were seen, you'd probably drop the, the contraband and run. But I think my favorite quote from the article was, my guy, William Bloom, a neighbor, he goes, uh, and this is a quote, from what I heard, it's a little perverted maybe. So I'm disappointed to hear that. Yeah, yeah, you think it's a little perverted, bro? The guy's busting into 23-year-old chicks' houses and taking their their dirty underwear?
0: And he's a judge. This isn't some
1: guy that's hanging
0: out on the streets that, that that's wandering up the the avenue and, and finds his way into her house. This is a judge, a guy that's making decisions and slapping down sentences on people. And next thing you know, you find him coming out of a house with two pairs of panties in his
1: pocket. Um, I mean, you got to wonder, is he going to hear his own case, though? Um, because if that's the case, then I think he might be able to, to you know, get back on the streets and do this again. So
0: The best part about it is that he admitted he has a problem and that he's a serial underwear stealer. Fantastic. Where else are you going to hear that story?
1: All right, and we and we start with um little check forgery. Ever heard of anybody trying to forge a check, Chuck?
0: Uh, I haven't, and I imagine if you try to do it, you do it as subtly as possible.
1: Yes, yeah, that one would think so. Um, but our guy Jeff Waters, our guy, uh, he is he's my guy now. To reading this story, um, he uh he went over to the Bank of America and he attempted to cash a check um for. 368 billion dollars what happened was is he bought a blank check off a homeless man and he was it says he was befuddled when he when he learned he couldn't cash the check uh, which is even crazier that he thought that this bank of america dead ass had 368 billion in cash just chilling in their in their bank on the frick in a freaking strip mall
0: Hey, it's fine if you want to forge a check, as long as you have good reasoning for that three hundred sixty-eight billion. And I mean, man, did he have good reasoning? An Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Jeff Waters, the mastermind
1: behind Fazoli's, too. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just an Italian restaurant. My man's had planned to make the restaurant eighty million square feet. Uh, it was going to be able to accommodate 30 million eaters at once, uh, and it was going to be totally underwater. And this is dead-ass what this guy said, uh, which is— So people it, could look it, at the <laughs> sharks
0: while they ate it and look at the uh, the Roger Bacon underwater hockey team. Maybe, maybe we could get them down there
1: as a commodity. I mean, seriously, at this point, I mean, this guy was, uh, it was unbelievable. He could have thrown the entire U.S. economy um, under with this $368 billion of cash that he just spent on a massive Italian restaurant— But my biggest thing is, why didn't this guy maybe you know they wouldn't have cashed it no matter what? Maybe go you know three hundred sixty eight dollars. Maybe he would have got away with it. After looking at the way that guy looked, how much paint thinner is he been huffing? My goodness, that guy is out of his mind. Go big or go the fuck home. I'm getting three hundred sixty eight billion today. That's what he was doing. He's like, this is my last gig. I'm just fucking rocking out with 368 bill.
0: Well, in addition to the forgery count, he was also charged with unlawfully carrying Chinese throwing stars, That's and given. possessing basalt. So that that makes sense.
1: You Looking know, at his will- mugshot, you you already know that he had chinese throwing stars and basalts on him i mean that's something that he typically would have
0: i just love the italian restaurant i got all the things he could have done with 386 billion dollars and he's gonna make an italian restaurant to where the patrons sitting down below underwater can watch sharks while they eat and roger bacon's underwater hockey i mean just the entire thing is absurd which brings me to bath salts, even a stranger drug than the naked man on LSD mm-hmm. that that uh, punched that Reds pitcher and ended up the Reds pitcher ended up breaking his throwing hand.
1: Yeah, if you have kids at home, I mean, I didn't intend to, to do this when we first came out and this made this podcast. This is turning podcast. into a dare podcast. Yeah, we're basically telling you the dangers um, uh, you know, of drug use. If you have a small child at home, grab him a pair of headphones, tell him to listen to the Queen City Chatter, it'll change his life. He'll probably grow up to be an astronaut. I mean, he really will. He certainly won't grow up. Well, I don't know. Jeff Waters seems like he's living a good life, to be honest. I'm. This is officially a pro-Jeff Waters uh, podcast here over at Queen City Chatter.
0: I saw this headline on the Providence Journal out of Providence, Rhode Island, and it hits so closely to home because my partner, co-host Houdini, and the man sitting next to me, former lifeguard. Not all heroes wear capes. Sometimes they wear nothing. Yes, the headline, summer's coming and Rhode Island's nudist campground needs a lifeguard. Any interest there?
1: Um, I, I could be interested if I learn a little more about the, the situation.
0: Well, it's, it's wild because, one, I didn't know nudism was necessarily a thing. I knew it was a concept and that at some point in life people may have done it, but I, I've never seen it. I, I've seen nude beaches before, yes, but I've never just seen a nude campground or heard of
1: it. Um, I've heard of them. Um, can't say that I've heard of the nude beaches more so than the nude colonies. And what was that on Euro trip when they went to that nude beach where all the, all the, uh, the floppy dogs were out. Yeah. So, I mean, this seems like a a pretty problematic situation being a, a nude lifeguard. I mean, really being nude all the time anywhere. I mean, you ever been to church? So you don't even need to see something, you know, sometimes something happens. Okay. It's good. It's good to have a waistband to tuck away. That's all I'm saying.
0: They say, we don't get a lot of response on it too, but I know the entire state is hurting for lifeguards. He doesn't believe that the nude campgrounds primary job requirement, closely watching naked people all day will play a big role in discouraging or attracting interest. He says, there's really no difference between us and whatever campground
1: you go to. It's a family campground and people just want to show up and relax. You got to agree with them. I mean, that you shouldn't even be looking at the fact that, you know, there's a 300-pound man with his dick out in the deep end floating around. That shouldn't have anything to do with the, with the job. You're, you're there to save lives, and I, I've lived it, um, and I've worked it. And, you know, honestly, when I'm up there, I'm locked in. I'm focused. I, I don't care if they're butt-ass naked or, you know, have a turtleneck on. That doesn't make a difference to me. I'm watching their lives, Chuck.
0: Also on Queen City Chatter, we don't just bring you the national stories that don't get enough attention. We also deliver the stories right here in our community, like this one. The Buffalo Wings and Rings in Fennytown is a proud supporter of its local community, and they are supporting Roger Bacon's underwater hockey team in their dining sales. Underwater hockey!
1: I was very intrigued by this. I went and looked up underwater hockey and you know, I, I still don't really understand it. Um, it looks pretty interesting, but they are the only underwater hockey high school team in the nation. So who do they play? I, I don't know, but I'll tell you this, they are national champions every year. Who do they play and how do they play? How do you
0: hit a hockey puck underwater? How do you breathe underwater? If you're, if it's, it, let's just say it's a puddle and you're playing, you know, puddle hockey and it's not underwater, completely submerged. Still, how do you, how do you play in that? How do you hit the puck? How does the puck travel? Where is the goal?
1: All I can think of, you know, the main question coming to me is, is this the sport of the future? Will our kids be, you know, trying out for the JV underwater hockey team? And I'm gonna have to go up to the coach and bitch him out because my son ain't starting at. I don't know what position, forward. He'll be a power forward in hockey. I don't know if they have that, but he'll be that.
0: Powerful guy.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, really. the, apple oh, doesn't,
0: yeah. the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. No, no,
1: it does not. But when I was thinking, you know how they're, they obviously made this sport, Roger Bacon, just so they could get the, the state banners. They probably have like 40 of them hung up in their gym, underwater hockey national champion. So has
0: anyone actually seen a game occur? Because you technically can't hang up the title until you actually play. There's got to be some sort—they
1: they clearly made their own rules. I think by default they win, right? But the problem is if any other jackass team out there creates an underwater hockey team, plays them, and beats them, they immediately become the worst underwater hockey team in the nation. So this could come back if we could—we could probably develop a team and, and go out there and, and whoop—because I'm assuming the, the, the athletes on the squad aren't the top-notch talent—
0: well, shouts to them because they work hard and they, they play a very rigorous sport, I would imagine. So, hey, all you can do is tip your hat to those Roger Bacon underwater hockeyers.
1: I mean, water polo's hard, right? So, I mean, I'm sure the, it's grueling workout to go all the way to the bottom and play, right?
0: While we're on the topic of congratulations, I'd like to congratulate you because we each made our national championship pick on the first podcast, which was just a few weeks ago. It seems like yesterday we were starting this thing. This has been our baby, our bread and butter the last couple of weeks. Thank you to all those supporting this podcast. Houdini took Nova all the way. I said, Villa Nova, Villa Yesva. The Wildcats under Jay Wright take it. I took the Michigan Wolverine, so not a terrible pick, but I, I do have to say congratulations. Thank you so much. And we now segue into the Masters on CBS. Tiger Woods... One of the favorites to win this Masters, which is so incredulous because he hasn't won much of anything lately. Sits at 14 majors, looks for the record, but he has quite a few to win. Hasn't had a win in quite some time. Just not a lot of hope there, but his back has looked nice lately.
1: Mm-hmm, and we are watching him on the uh, the practice drive range now. He looks like a firm swing, uh, very strong, but to have him being a, a favorite in this almost seems a little bit ridiculous. I'm not sure if... I can believe that until I see him having sex at a Denny's with a waitress, and I need to physically make eye contact with that.
0: Here's Woods on the 16th tee at Augusta. Let's watch. Oh, wow, what a shot.
1: Mm -hmm. Rolls Um, up
0: to the hole. Let's see if Mama left the side door open, and it rolls in. A hole-in-one for Tiger Woods. No, but seriously, what do we think about this tournament right now? It's so intriguing because you got Woods, a guy that... Hasn't won in a long time, and he's been hurt for a long time, and now he's feeling well. He's coming off some nice performances, and he's the favorite because everyone knows if Tiger's in position on his last day, he's won the green jacket, gold jacket, green jacket. He, he's won that green jacket many
1: a times. He certainly has, but uh, he is no longer Tiger Woods. I he's agree with He's just a that. random guy. And uh, i tell you this, though, I will watch it. Because when Tiger's there, you got to watch it. Just because I want to see him do a fist pump right in Rory's face. Um, he's probably not going to golf with Rory, but I want you know I want him to do a camera cut to his face. His fist pumps are that's what gets me going at home. All right, so putting you on the spot right from the start, give me your sleeper and give me your pick
0: to win the 2018 Masters at Augusta.
1: My sleeper, I got to go with Tiger Woods, and my pick, it's going to be Matt Kuchar. Um, He is a right-hander out of Georgia Tech. Um, He's got a June 21st, 78 birthday. And i tell you what, I like this guy to win this. And the only reason I say that is because if he does win this, we can go back to this next podcast and say that I'm a genius. Um, So Matt Kucher, big fan of this guy. Um, So I I would not be shocked if you see him put on that green jacket.
0: Fans, we have an oracle in the house. He predicted correctly the villanova wildcats winning the national title he's already picked audible to win the kentucky derby nice pick by the way check out audible's odds go for him Bolt the is nice too and i'd say roll on this pick matt kuchar the man knows what he's talking about from georgia tech
1: yep georgia tech i liked him then i'd like him now um if you have a 401k empty that sucker out and put it on matt kuchar
0: All right, how about a little bring it back, throw it out, brought to you by Awakenings Coffee. Let's start with a bring it back, and and I'll go first again. How about bop it? Nowadays, everything is so simplistic. We have these stupid fidget spinners that people put on their hands or their fingers and twirl them around and stuff. Remember that time where we used to have a thing called bop it? Put down the jewels, pick up the bop it, twist it, pull it, flick it, spin it. It teaches hand-eye coordination, reaction time, and it uses every muscle in your brain.
1: Yeah, that, that was a very, yeah, it really got you into it. It kind of gave you a workout, your hands You don't were- see it anymore. You don't. You don't. You You
0: don't go by Walmart and see that 2499 It Extreme on sale. And it's just disappointing because it was a great game. Why get rid of it? There was no safety hazards involved with it. It's not like the hoverboards that people are riding on blowing up nowadays. You know, it was just a, a simple, fun family game that was like 25 bucks. It required some batteries and it could sit around your house for forever. And on a, hungover Sunday where you had the scaries instead of playing with your fidget spinner and staring into space you could play
1: a little bop it i can't think of a worse possible thing to play when you are hungover and you have the scaries on Sunday than bop it that that would literally i'd have an anxiety attack and die on the spot
0: before i go to my throw out why don't you why don't we just stay on the topic of bring it back real quick give me what you got
1: okay um so my bring it back the myspace top eight the top eight lets people know where you stand. Okay, you you tell them exactly straight up. Like Jake's like, hey, what I noticed, uh, when when in your top eight, or even something happened, was there a glitch? Oh no, no, um, you were an asshole this weekend, so you're out, buddy. Good luck getting invite to my wedding. Okay, so that that's what I liked because you kind of told people exactly how it was. Um, and there was no question about it.
0: What a wild concept. I mean, when MySpace was thriving, we were in seventh, eighth grade, but imagine the people that it was intended for, like 24 year olds, 26, you know, young professionals using MySpace and just throwing people and their top friends and removing them, you know, one week you're in someone's top eight and then you're gone. It's like, what, what did I do? It's vicious.
1: Imagine the anxiety
0: attacks that would happen with that. The panic going uh, yeah. at night, just like I went from his top friend to out of the top eight in a day, and haven't seen him or talked
1: to him. I mean, you'd leave school after like you know a slight argument on the playground or something. You'd sprint to your desktop computer. You would check the top eight. Wait a minute, Jake's out. What in the hell? Why am I out of his top eight? You send him a text on your flip phone, and and you know you guys discuss from there. But it was really uh, an eye opening. In an anxiety-driven time back then.
0: My throw it away is bodybuilders. And I got to start off with a quick disclaimer. I I don't mind the fact that you're a bodybuilder. It's a life decision. Um, If you love to work out and devote your entire lifestyle to your body, that's cool with me. Everyone's got their passion. Go for it. But bodybuilders on social media, they've got to go. I mean, I think it's a little ridiculous that you see all these pictures of these people and they're they're flexing in the mirror after they just got a swole pump in, like, yeah, the guns, look at these, look at the gun show. They have a bunch of pictures of that. Then their next picture, you know, 16 ounces of chicken and 14 ounces of rice and the 30 asparagus spears, and they have all these pictures. And then they throw the random picture in there of them, like, hugging a box of donuts like they just found the goddamn holy grail.
1: Yeah. Well the I mean, Instagram models do the same thing. They'll put a picture up of like donuts and pizza.
0: They're donuts. I I drive by them every single day. They're not eating them though. I see a donut pretty much in my office every single day and I I turn them down and yet they're donuts. They're good. I, I agree. But it's so annoying when you see these bodybuilders and it's it's like the whole White Goodman from from globo gym thing where he's got you know the the shockers on his nipples and whenever he's trying to eat the pizza he's like and shocking it's like that these people are so obsessed with these foods that they can't eat it's like just do it just eat it sometime you're still gonna be huge if you eat one slice of pizza instead of your asparagus and eggs, you're not gonna just bloat up and lose all the tone that you've been working for the last six years. It's all you care about. You'll be fine.
1: Little do you know, Charlie. Once you eat one of those, you go down a bad path. of, of
0: It is a slippery slope.
1: It is. I mean, but I, I for one, I'm in on bodybuilders. I love seeing a the, like a bodybuilder type guy at the gym. They pull the sandwich out of the bag and
0: they're eating their macros while they're working out. Got to get pop your some macros. Pills and they got they got the pre workout there. It's like you can't just drink it at home, buddy. And bring a, a water bottle. You have to be drinking your pre workout no, as you're going. No,
1: no, 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 no. That's why you're not they a bodybuilder. Have, they have
0: the powder waiting for them when they're done with their workout, ready to put the water. It's like you couldn't have just drove five minutes home and like you had to get your protein five seconds after you worked out, Chief.
1: Yeah, and then the, some of these guys will put like literally every single plate on the bar that can fit on there. And I, what I like to do is I kind of, I go up right after and go, you done? And then they start taking it off. I go, no, no, you can leave that. I'm good.
0: Well, it got me to think I've, I've never wanted to be a bodybuilder. You, you've known me for a while, Houdini. I, I like getting my aerobic exercise in. I'm a big fan of the high intensity interval training, big fan of Tony Horton, Sean T. But one time moved down to Alabama, had no friends, had no life. I was moving down there for, you know, a two-year contract for work and it was specifically down there to get better at my craft. And while I was down there, I was like, you know what? There's nothing else to do down here. I might as well just go on that Mark Wahlberg diet and have a 12-pack. You know, it's been a while since I've had a 12-pack. I, I figured I'd maybe pull one out of my ass. So I, I asked this dude, a friend of a friend that's in the industry and, and knows all the the hows and the, the whys and how, how to basically get in the best shape of your life. And for those of you out there that are potentially interested and getting in the best shape of your life, here's the diet that you have to adhere to. You ready for this, Houdini? Let's hear it. For breakfast, how about eight egg whites, a cup of oats, and a third a cup of chopped berries? Not not huge, you know, who, who makes eight egg whites for breakfast and oatmeal? Like, who's like eight, Those eight egg whites weren't enough, but that's just breakfast. You have six meals a day. Meal number two, six ounces of chicken, five ounces of red potatoes, and a whole
1: wheat tortilla. I'm writing all this down. I'm going to eat this tomorrow.
0: So that's lunch. Then it's like meal three, six more ounces of chicken, six ounces of sweet potatoes, and pre-workout, if possible. So that's your, your third meal of the day. You're, you've already had 12 ounces of chicken and eight egg whites. It's like noon, pretty much. Meal four, how about two slices of Ezekiel bread and a two-scoop protein shake? That's kind of your, you know, that's your, that's your post-workout. You take the pre-workout and meal three, that's your post-workout. Meal five, it's like, all right, we're eating this at, I guess, seven or eight o'clock. Six ounces of 99% ground turkey, a cup of rice, a tablespoon of almond butter, and a half a cup of green veggies. That's your dinner. And then here's your midnight snack. Six ounces of top sirloin, a cup of rice, and a half a cup of green veg. How much time are you spending in the kitchen?
1: That is a lot of time. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of cash, but I mean, these bodybuilders, man, you do a little fit T advertisement on your Instagram, bam. I mean, that's got to be what, 60K? Hey, I respect it. More power too. Like I said, the disclaimer at the beginning,
0: I mainly say this because I don't want any of them to find me. If we do have a bodybuilding audience, don't
1: find me and kill me, please. This was all Charlie, by the way. I was all for it. I love bodybuilders, and um, I, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to get jacked here soon. I'm going to be a bodybuilder. Bodybuilders on social media toss them out
0: you got something for me
1: yeah I do I do um I've developed a recent hatred for a certain another we're, we're just going right at social media you know we're against the millennial trend of everything on social media LinkedIn I'm out I'm not a huge fan either I, I don't like people
0: on LinkedIn our good buddy President Merritt um great guy great guy
1: but he even better linkediner
0: great -er. linkediner i mean he has more mutual connections than anyone i know he sits there all day and likes people's posts and he you know hey whatever skill i put down i can put like i eat peanut butter really quickly and he's gonna like it and be like yes that guy does have that skill every single skill i have he has he has given it the thumbs up and i i return the favor
1: yeah, no, he's got a little Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme, whatever you want to call it over there where he, he'll endorse everybody and then they and you know, you feel bad, so you endorse him. So I mean, he's basically at this point, he's like endorsed for being a mechanic, uh, you know, an architect, uh, doctor, I think. He's qualified technically on LinkedIn to operate on people. Um, so he's he's got that system down packed. Me, on the other hand, um, I I'm not falling for it. I, I'm against it. Yeah,
0: I mean, in your LinkedIn picture you still have hair.
1: That's I how do. Long I have a full head. I mean, I was just cruising I'm with main the flow. I mean, absolute flow. That's why I shock people when I come in for an interview. Ah, who the hell is Stone Cold Steve Austin showed up? You know what? Chill, Beth from HR. Okay, I, I got a haircut. All right, relax. But at the LinkedIn thing, um, it's it a lot of people when you like connect with somebody, they'll just message you immediately. Like, are you looking to you know further your career? And it's just some creep dude from like that owns his own business in his basement like selling used underwear
0: which reminds me you can be a part of the show remember it's a podcast for the people all you have to do is send in an email whether you have a question we'll get it on air whether you have a story that you want us to promote we'll get that on there too and we're even taking callers we have a long list of people lined up john Foley, you're on deck we'll have you on in a nearby episode well, there goes that music, and you know what that means. We're down to our final ninety seconds as Studio Six is about to be occupied by the GCL Sports Talk hosted by Doug Schroeder.
1: And we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna actually uh, we're gonna read a comment of the day. So if you, you put a comment in there, we'd like it. You can even you know, you can put your name on there if you want. We'll give you a, a little shout out, you know? What what's better than that? Yeah, and down the road as we get some more of these and
0: some more sponsorship money, maybe we even throw you a month's supply of some free coffee brought to you by Awakenings Throw a sprinkle of a bottle of wine in there this one is from <laughs> dollar sign dollar sign and sign dollar sign dollar sign at sign exclamation point comma comma colon 579 at exclamation point question mark wow what a name thicker than a skyline five way he gives us five stars on March 21st and says someone come and get their man's because these guys are running wild over the podcast game Thank you, Thicker Than a Skyline five-way, and whatever your username was. We appreciate you. That's your comment of the day. This is Queen City Chatter. It's brought to you by Awakenings Coffee. Remember, check it out. Hyde Park Square, Old Montgomery Road for Houdini. I'm Chuck. We're doing great. We hope you are too. Have yourselves a wonderful day.